following episode of Cinema Recall contains adult language, movie spoilers, and situations some may find to be objectionable. So listener discretion is strongly advised. Everybody and welcome back to this another episode of the Cinema Recall Podcast. I'm your host, The Vern, and I know I said on the last episode that we would be taking a hiatus until March, and that is still true. We're not releasing any new episodes until then, but I thought I should at least uh, release an episode to tide you over until then. A little morsel, tidbits, a little meal, a little snack before we uh, get ready with the new episodes. And this show that I'm posting is a repost from The Lambcast. Of course, The Lambcast, as you know, is the official podcast of the Large Association of Movie Blogs. And you can check out that site uh, at largeassmovieblogs.com. But this is for their movie of the month each month. A fellow blogger, podcaster, uh, critic will put forth a movie that they want to discuss and if enough votes are given to a movie, they get to be featured on the Lampcast. And the movie that I chose was Spring Breakers. Harmony Corinne's uh, feature starred uh, James Franco, Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez, uh, Rachel Corinne, uh, Ashley Benson. Yeah, I think that's mostly the main cast right there. And we just had a really good discussion talking about this movie. So featured on this episode of the Lambcast, we have, of course, uh, Jay Cluitz, who is the host of the Lambcast, and his blog can be found at Light vs. Film. And then we also had J.D. Duran from the Incession Film Podcast, and we had Alice Withrow from And So It Begins, and then we had uh, Nick Hat from the Across the Universe, the Chits with Adsense Podcast, and myself. And we just had a really fun time talking about this movie. So I'm not going to dabble on it anymore. Uh, I will let you know that we'll be back next week because we'll have a brand new guest. Well, not brand new guest. He's been on the show before. We're going to have back with us Chris Ravel of Let's Chat with Ravel and Friends to talk about all things Muppets. And that will happen sometime, I would say, next week. All right, so he's going to be back on the show to talk about all these Muppets. But let's do this right now, folks. I'm going to take a small break. We're going to play an ad or maybe a couple ads from some of the great podcast shows. And then we'll get into the conversation about Spring Breakers. Now, the audio quality of this episode is not all that great. Uh, There are a few mic problems that we had with guests and myself. Uh, But I did edit this episode of Spring Breakers on the Lambcast. All right, I did actually edit this one so hope you enjoy it that's all and i'll talk to you later all right bye. we'll return after these announcements hello everyone this is jd from the in session film podcast each week we review the latest from hollywood california well yes brendan we also give top three lists okay yeah thanks again brendan Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. 
Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father after all. <laughs> yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go cry at Midnight Special again, oh, okay? That's oh, what you're I good will. for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy that. That's just how it works. <laughs> if you like intelligent and smart movie discussion. Faces a zombie movie. <laughs> How did he write a book if he doesn't have an arm? Or want to hear the latest news on your favorite actor? Talk some Julianne Moore, I guess. <laughs> Whales have more films than Zoe Montana. To check out The Lambcast, where no question is too risque. Rachel, do you have a mouth? Check out The Lambcast, the official podcast of The Lamb, the largest association of movie blogs, which can be found at largeassmovieblogs.blogspot.com. Si habla español. Hola y bienvenido a la And welcome to episode 269 of The Lambcast, the official podcast of The Lamb. The Lamb is the world's biggest movie blog directory with over 1,700 member blogs. And on this show, we invite various Lamb members on to talk about pretty much everything in our movie-loving worlds. I'm your host, Jake Lurt of Life vs. Film, and today I'm joined by The Vern from the Vern's Video Vortex and the As You Watch podcast. Look at my shit! Look at my shit! <laughs> I was wondering who was going to go in with that quote. <laughs> also joining us is J.D. Duran from Incession Film and the Incession Film podcast. I got Scarface on repeat, y'all. On repeat. <laughs> Who also got Alex Withrow from And So It Begins. Hey, how's it going? I'm not quoting the movie. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> and we have a newcomer, Nick Zara from Being Norma Jean and the Across the Universe podcast. Spring break forever, bitches? I don't know. That'll do. Yeah, so now I'm the, okay. I'm the jerk now. I'm the jerk who didn't quote it. I, you can throw a quote in now if you want. No, no I'm good. I'll wait. I haven't quoted anything either, so it's fine. Uh, Nick, as a newcomer to the show, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your site and your podcast? Uh, I am Nikhat, obviously. I'm from India. I blog at Being Norma Jean, in which I don't really review movies anymore. I just, like, put down my really random thoughts about movies and trailers and like hot actors most of the time and uh, our pod- my podcast across the universe podcast it- I hosted with two other uh, chicks with accents uh, who are like one's from Germany one's from Portugal I'm from India so we all have accents and we're all chicks so we decided to go with that and yes, we, we we've, even- had, we've had Meta <laughs> before and, yeah. and Sophia yeah. was due to be on in a few weeks time so okay. make get the hat trick soon. Yeah, yeah. So we we just talk about movies pretty much, and we giggle a lot sometimes. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's that's a good it's, it's a good show, and it's it's 
one of the few kind of female-led shows out there, so it's it's refreshing to listen to. Uh, yeah, and you cover a wide wide variety of topics that always seem to include Ryan Gosling somehow. Yes, so. I I make sure of that. <laughs> Congratulations on that. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Later we'll be getting angry and or happy with our rants and raves of the week, as well as plays from Last Time Standing. But now it's time for our feature discussion. I was in the car. I was sitting there looking out for all the motherfucking police. And we in the back. And we just open the door and we go, Freeze, motherfuckers! Hands on the motherfucking Get air! Get your motherfucking knees on the motherfucking ground, you piece of shit. Motherfuckers, down, motherfucker, down! Get on your fucking knees, face. Get on your fucking knees! Get your motherfucking knees on the fucking ground! what they do? <laughs> this week is another movie of the month. There were three films up for contention in the poll. There's the very family-friendly Stardust, the looks like it's family-friendly but probably not Princess Mononoke, and Spring Breakers, which is very much not family-friendly. And that's what won. Uh, Vern was the champion for said film, so I'm going to throw the hosting duties over to him for the feature discussion. Vern, uh, take it away. Look at my shit, everyone. That's right. I'm a straight blogger, baby. <laughs> straight movie fan, alright? I've got fucking Army of Darkness on VHS, baby. VHS. Bruce Campbell, he's got the chin, man. <laughs> fucking chainsaw on his arm right there. I got fucking people talk about being the president. I don't want to be the president. I'll just watch Dave on Laserdisc, baby. Laserdisc. Um, yes, hello, everyone. I am the Vern, and our feature movie of the month this month is Harmony Corinne's Spring Breakers. Uh... Movie that came out in 2012, uh, starring uh, Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Selena Gomez, Gle- not Selena Gomez, <laughs> Ashley Benson, and Richard Corinne as four girls who are strapped for cash, who want to get to spring break, and three of them rob a uh, looks like a restaurant. Uh, they get the cash, they go to spring break. Have a lot of good times, big parties, you know, a uh, bunch of booze and drugs and whatnot. Uh, they get busted, and they get bailed out by Alien, played by James Franco, uh, and more fucking awesome badass shit happens. And for this round, I just want to get just just get you know basic uh, reactions to the film. And the first person I want to start with here is our wonderful British host here, Jake Lewis of Life vs. Film. I'm sad you started with me, because yes. uh, I, I feel like I have a differing opinion to everyone else. This was the first time I've seen Spring Breakers. Yes. But I'd heard a fair amount about it. Uh, I'd heard people telling me that, A, I wouldn't like it, which is never a good sign, um, but, but saying that it's not the film I expect it to be. That's what everybody said. I've seen the posters, I've seen the trailers, and they all set, like, set this up to be, you know, the four... They're not all Disney princesses, but, you know, the ones from the Mouse House or whatever, going to spring break and having a party. And that's they were saying, oh, it's not that. It goes so many different places. It's amazing. And I watched it, and it wasn't because it went everywhere I expected it to go because everyone had set it up to be, like, it's not going to be where I expected to go. So I expected to go to different places, and it went to them. And I don't understand why people like it. I was wait- watched the entire film waiting for something to happen that would... Like, give a reason to why there's fans of it and why I'm talking to four people who I think like it. And I don't know what... I'm, I'm hoping to find out what it is people like about this film during the course of this show. Now, to so, be fair, Jay, I did not like this movie when I first watched it. In fact, I wrote a review for the Cinematic Cast and Jammer, and I gave it a very low score. But 
there was still something about it. There was like something with the score or the way it was shot that I wanted to go back and see it again. And this this became like my big Lebowski movie. Okay. Well, yeah, you say the way it was shot. That's that's the most positive I have about it. Is that it's beautiful and there are a lot of, of very well shot scenes. Yeah. So I will, I will at least give it that. It, it is very visually distinctive. Uh, uh, JD, thoughts on Spring uh, <laughs> Well, I'm a little bit different than you guys in the sense that I loved it the very first time I saw it in theaters. I absolutely adore this film, and it was kind of funny. We were tossing out some lines from the Franco character, and uh, Vern went a little crazy with it here in the opening of this discussion. <laughs> but I think when we are celebrating James Franco's career in 30 years, I want that monologue played at whatever ceremony that it is. And the moment that we saw Franco on stage rapping is maybe my favorite Franco scene of all time. It was hysterical, and I was dying the entire time. Uh, overall, this movie is really interesting to me. I love how subtlety is not a goal for Harmony Corinne in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of repetition, and not just with the dialogue, but with the visual and music cues as well. Um, even Selena Gomez's Christian girl character, her name is Faith. Oh, so they're hitting darn. you over the head with it big time. But, you know, you guys were talking about the style. I love the exquisite lighting, the vivid use of colors. The sound design is also amazing. Skrillex has a lot of music in this film. And if you know his music, it's very loud and bombastic. But it's juxtaposed really beautifully, I think, with a subtle and small score from Cliff Martinez, which is really brilliant, and I love the way that Harmony Korine uses that as well. And the camera work is also really fun, and again, it plays into that use of repetition throughout this movie. We'll talk a lot more about what this film is really trying to say thematically about Spring Break and other things, but in terms of overall general thoughts, uh, from stylistic to the performances to the themes, I just adore this movie well, JD, quite a bit. It's, it's great, too, that you know you brought up the look of this movie, because uh, I was watching interviews with Harmony Corinne, and he says he wanted the movie to look like a Britney Spears video dressed by Gaspar yeah, Noe. sure. Oh, and it makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Because the uh, yeah. cinematography, cinematographer of Spring Breakers is the same cinematographer of a lot of Gaspar Noe's movies. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can certainly see that. And, you know, I've heard other podcasts that when they reviewed this, one of the first things they say is, oh, it kind of looks like a music video, especially later on in the third act when things you kind of go in a different direction. It very much feels that way. and. Mm -hmm. I can certainly see that. It, does, it doesn't It does bother me like maybe it does some other people. I thought it just added another layer that was fun to the film for me. Exactly. Uh, Alice, thoughts on Spring Breakers? I could have literally just said J.D.'s comment word for word. Well, I'm a little bit different than you guys in the sense that I loved it the very first time I saw it in theaters. I absolutely adore this film. and I mean, I agree with everything <laughs> yeah. that he said. One of the things I really like about it, um, is that it messes, it plays with your perceptions a lot. Like the way that you think a scene's gonna go, um, which maybe we'll get into later. But I think the biggest example of that is Cotty, who's played by Rachel, the director's wife. When she's in that, you know, motel room by herself with all those drunk guys, you just think the whole movie's gonna take a very dark shift really oh, yeah. quickly. And then nothing, it's just fine. Everything's fine. Like they get drunk, everyone goes to sleep, they wake up and they do it all again the next day. And it's like, oh. I just it and even that conversation with James Franco and Selena Gomez, how it's all creepy. You just think something really bad's gonna happen, and it just doesn't. And it, it's doing that a lot in the movie, and I really 
respected for those, you know, mm-hmm. unconventional, bold choices. But yeah, I love this movie. I love everything about it. Plays the expectations of it. All right. Um, and then finally, uh, Nick Hatz, what is your thoughts on Spring Breakers? Be that you're the only woman. Yeah. In the show here. I loved it. I've I've loved it from like the first time to Spring Break Forever, bitches. I, I don't know. And it it for me it was like nothing that I thought it would be. It's so insanely unlike anything I have seen. Mm-hmm. So it was I yeah like, like every time I, I this is like the third or the fourth time I just rewatched it like right before the thing and like I agree it's one of it's my favorite James Franco performance of all time and also like the fact that every time you think something is going to go really dark it just doesn't go and it's like I was thinking you know there's that whole part of like it's so weird like when they're talking about uh like they're on the phone with their relatives or whatever and they're talking about how beautiful and perfect that place is but they keep showing like close-ups of like butts which is funny (laughs) But then, but then I was also thinking like maybe it's like maybe they did see something that was that beautiful, but that's what people expect it to be. So it's like both. Like I don't know. So it's just it's and it's really hard to pin down exactly what that movie is about. And usually that pisses me off, but in this case it doesn't. It just all of it together for me is like it's awesome. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was one of the things, too, that kind of bothered me when I first watched it, is that it did not have a uh, cohesive plot structure to it, though. And when I look mm-hmm. back at the movie now, maybe that's what life is. It's just a series of these moments. And the way that uh, Hunter Turin, like edits the movies and uses like certain like sound cues, like repetitive sound yeah. cues, is basically yeah. how we remember things. Especially when you're at a big party, there's a bunch of like sure. alcohol and drugs going on there. You're gonna remember just certain like little moments there, um, but that is gonna kind of bring me because the movie doesn't actually since the movie doesn't follow exact plot structure of it. Um, I kind of want to get people's thoughts uh, on their favorite scenes or favorite moments of this movie. If that's alright, I'm gonna start with the, I'm gonna go back with you, Nick Hatch. What's your favorite moment of this movie? My favorite, it was also, like, I make lists of, like, my favorite scenes every year. Um, and my number one of that year was the every time scene. Yes. Which, like, completely <laughs> blew me away. And no. it was also, like... Can I really Sorry? quickly just explain to listeners out there about the every time scene? Because they're going to yes, hear sure. every time. Okay. So, basically, <laughs> Alien and the crew have basically just, you know, gotten together. This comes after the scene where uh, basically Vanessa Hutchins and Ashley Benson's character make James Franco suck their dick <laughs> by putting a gun in his mouth. <laughs> All right. I, I, hear, I hear Jay just like... Jay? Yeah. <laughs> going to hear. That's one of my favorite moments. We'll talk about that later there. And so oh, hang on. That, that, the reason that, that scene disappointed me was because they didn't shoot him. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, no, no. But please, carry on. <laughs> Uh, so it's the next morning there, they're handing out the piano, and the girl says, Here, play me a song. And he's like, Oh, you girls must see my sensitive side, don't you? Want to play a song by a beautiful woman and an angel, if there ever was one, Miss Britney Spears. And they start playing the song. Thank you. 
characters, and this is very kind of like music bots. It sounds like a music bots playing, and yeah. it's very melodic yeah. and beautiful, and the girls are all dancing with, you know, guns, but I'm sorry, Nick Hat, continue. Okay. Yeah, I it's just okay, I knew that song. I used to love that song as like I don't know, a ten year old. And um and then yeah, that song suddenly starts playing and it's like Franco on that big white piano doing it. And then and then then it goes to like Britney singing and they're like, you know, beating uh spring breakers up. And I, I like that it's like, you know, if this song if this movie was like a scene like that was set like, I don't know, twenty, thirty years late before earlier than this it'll be like you know men in suits with like classical music playing and like doing things like that but it's now it's women in like pink monokinis with Britney Spears playing so it's like it's like it's it's paying homage to pop culture while also like subverting it and it just it looks so beautiful at the same time and it's really funny too so it's like it's everything it's everything what is the song again every time sorry every time. uh <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I, it's it's my favorite. Like it's one of my favorite scenes ever. I think of like all movies, yeah. okay. all movies. That's pretty yes. awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, JD, you have any favorite moments of this? Man, it's it's hard to narrow it down because there's about a billion scenes in this movie that I like. Uh, I guess the one that I'll talk about because I love that one, and I also love the one where they're uh, robbing that restaurant or whatever I, the one that i'll talk about though is the one that i kind of set up earlier where he's talking about scarface and having having that on repeat i got scarface on repeat y'all on repeat <laughs> or whatever and i think what's really interesting about that scene is one it is really funny but i think when you're looking at the notion of the american dream and the signifiers of success James Franco and his other gangsters that are part of his crew, they're comparing themselves to those kinds of things. And I felt like it was kind of authentic to them. And we see it not just visually, but also in their dialogue and their mannerisms. And it wasn't silly. I think James Franco's performance specifically was really good. And I think he does a good job of disappearing into this character. So it's not over the top or ridiculous as it may seem in clips in the trailers. And there are real moments of humanity in that performance uh, and it goes to some nice depth and sadness and even there's moments of fear that he has as that character and overall he's just a product of his environment just like the girls are with Spring Break and because he's a product of that environment when he starts talking about Scarface on repeat and look at my shit or whatever like it's funny but it's also genuine and so I thought all those layers mixed together really well for me it was a really fun scene to watch so, I, I couldn't disagree more I hate you. Really? <laughs> yeah. Of course he couldn't. Oh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I really don't think James Franco was good in this film. I hate you. I think what? he's amazing. It's I'm, easily I'm, my favorite Franco performance. Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. saying much, though, is it? Because he hasn't, he hasn't got a great lot of... Well, I would also roles. argue it's good, too. It's not just my favorite. I think it's his best performance I've seen from him. I, think, I agree with that. I think that, that, that scene, the Scarface on repeat scene, it feels like he's he's improving it and it feels like it's it's from a sketch where he's tr he's supposed to be improving badly and it's supposed to be cringeworthy and he's kind of failing to the people that he's improving in See, front of I, I disagree i think when you look at the environment he comes from i to me it felt like a genuine response to those notions of the american dream and because he is comparing to what he sees on screen in that movie that's success to him and yeah it's a little over the top but 
like I said, when you contrast it to other moments where he does, at least in my opinion, I don't know, I felt like he had real moments of humanity. It made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, there are. He has he has good moments, like when the guns are put in his mouth. He there is fear on his face, and yeah, and so that that was that was real. But that specific scene, I'd heard a lot of people quoting the "Look at all my shit." Look at my shit. Look at my shit. Scar is on repeat. That's that's probably the most famous scene from the film, I think. And so I, I was kind of expecting that and waiting for that. And when it came and went, I was disinterested with it. It but when, but when you're talking about them comparing them to something like Scarface, and that's the kind of lifestyle they're living, doesn't it make sense that they would want to to have those same kind of signifiers in their life? It does. The, the scene makes sense. I just didn't buy Franco in it. I didn't mm. buy his performance in it. So. All right. But, I mean, um, you alluded to another scene, which was my my favorite scene, Fern, well, sorry, okay, uh, which cool. is the, the, rob, the, the restaurant robbery. I, yeah. I loved that scene as the highlight of the film. Freeze, motherfucker! Hands on the motherfucking Get air. your motherfucking knees on the motherfucking ground. Uh, because I, it's, it's in one long, yeah. nice take, and it's all shot from the purpose, perspective yeah. of the car going round yeah. and seeing the two yeah, girls yeah, yeah. inside robbing it. Yeah. I think that was that was masterfully done, and that yeah. was perfect. If that had just been a short film on its own, I'd love this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that kind of leads into one of my favorite scenes is when they're all on the boardwalk, uh, and they're uh, explaining to um, Selena Gomez's character about how they robbed the restaurant, and it intercuts to inside the restaurant with them. And then it kind of goes, cuts back and forth between them on the parking lot, and they're like, get the motherfucking ground now, and they're just showing you what actually happens there. Yeah, and sure. I, I got kind of like a little bit chills because, to be honest with you folks, I have never watched any of the shows that these girls were in before. I never saw High School Musical. I never watched any of the Disney programs. So this is probably the first time watching these actresses in a movie. And I thought they were pretty damn good. All right. I know people want to give them shit for all the, you know, Disney stuff they did before and whatnot. But I really thought that they were all pretty good, you know, especially like Vanessa Hutchinson. Just really just let it all out there. Um, One of my other favorite moments that I think that this was alluded to before uh, is when uh, Alien uh, takes Faith into a back room and he's like sure. slowly crescent her face and everything <laughs> and he's like I like you girl I love you so much it, that was just, the creepiest thing ever so creepy. Yeah. it is I, and I when watching the uh, commentary track for this though uh, basically uh, I, she, Harmony Corinne knew that uh, Selena Gomez was feeling a little bit nervous and scared because a lot of her yeah. younger fans were asking her about this movie and there's paparazzi there <laughs> and she's feeling so nervous about doing this movie and he's like all right well this is a perfect opportunity to shoot the scene with james Franco, sure yeah you know to really pay yeah. on her insecurities so and he and he tells her that he's gonna be thinking of her when yeah he's doing her friends <laughs> yes exactly <you> know? <laughs> crazy oh. there, there's a really cool interview too with franco when he was on like i, I think it was letterman or something but he was talking about how when Selena Gomez arrived on set the first time he was already in character and was acting in character and that she was pretty much scared shitless <laughs> from the very beginning. <laughs> like, what the hell did I get myself into there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, Alice, did we get a favorite scene from you? No, um, you guys talked about, I mean, all the highlights, all the great ones. And then the one, the one I mentioned, like in the motel room earlier, I like that yeah. one a lot. Um, one thing that's really interesting when I rewatched it a few days ago, when they are arriving, you know, they're taking a trip to spring break and they're on the bus and they get there, all of their voiceover to their mothers and grandmothers, you know, they're leaving like these long voicemails. They're all in sure. past tense. 
So it's like, yeah, you know, we had a time. It changed our lives. So it's like, has this spring break already happened? It's just a really interesting editing choice. And if it has already happened, are we seeing, I think this is kind of what I, I think JD touched on, like, is it kind of a, an illusion or is it all their highlights, like their dream? It's, I don't know, like a dream. Spring break forever, bitches. Like a highlight reel of what they've just lived yeah. through. Yeah. So I just think that's really interesting, really interesting editing choice. Yeah, pretty much so. You know, I think just the whole like notion of spring break. I mean, spring break has been put on this like, sort of like pedestal of like media to be yeah. like this like it's like debauchery that is praised. It's like everyone is expected to go to spring break and get wild and crazy and do a whole bunch of things right there. It's it's like acceptable. It's acceptable sin, I guess. You know, I'm not at all religious or anything like sure. that, so I don't want to be preaching anything. Uh, but do you guys feel that there is a message to this movie? Because for yeah. me, Spring Breakers could be like an art film made to look like an exploitation film or vice versa. Uh, it's a movie that can both like maybe comment or demise his characters or praise them. And I think Harmony Corrine wants to do both or maybe he wants to do more than the other. I don't know. It's, I just want to get, kind of get thoughts about if you think there's a theme here. Uh, Nick Hat. I I think yeah I think there's like a lot of themes there but my favorite probably is like it's a sort of coming of age story to me um mm. so like I think uh like in respect to the girls obviously like I think all of them through their experiences uh like find what they like like for an example for like for faith like that thing makes her go back to what she believes in and like uh i don't remember yeah. the character names of the other three but ashley benson and vanessa hudgens like through their experiences they realize that they have this darker side to them and they embrace that as well so for me it's more it's mostly like a coming of age story so yeah that's my choice of theme i don't know so when you I say coming of age theme so when you say coming of age theme there nikat for a minute there i thought you had the same experiences on spring break no we don't even have spring here. No, we don't have do we. spring. We don't have spring break. We just have like hot, horrible, grueling summers. So, you can't, you can't put that on a marquee. Yeah. Hot, horrible summer. Woo, baby, yeah. hot, horrible summer, yeah. Come here, there's spring, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so it's, no, it's nothing like what I've ever experienced, but it, um, but you can like you can still I mean I watch like a lot of movies in which I've not experienced anything and you can still feel things from them so well, yeah do you, do you have like do, yeah. you have, do you have like takers there like school parties and whatnot in India mm, not in my college but okay. maybe others <laughs> okay uh, I, I live in a similar world to you then Nika because we don't have that kind of thing here and I'm very grateful for that because what's depicted <laughs> in this film is my idea of hell <laughs> <laughs> Just that, uh, that that coach journey down there looks like just the most unpleasant thing I can imagine. Oh, yeah. that, be, the, be the bus with everyone there. Oh, <laughs> I'd hate her. Well, you know, one of the, one of the two, an, another scene, I'm going back and forth between, I'm going to do what Harvey Crin does, I'm going to go back and forth between our different <laughs> posts there, okay? So, uh, another scene uh, that I want to comment on is the very first scene, the very intro, where it's like a slow motion, spring breakers, you know, partying, yeah. and... When I first watched the scene, it was kind of cool, you know? 
naked women, all right, I'm liking this, you know, <laughs> and then it kind of becomes really disturbing as it goes on. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. As you see the guys yeah. standing over the girls and they're pouring beer in their mouth like they're pissing down it's the It's crazy, yeah. And it's like, whoa, it just gets really dark and I'm like, oh, gosh, so this is – this is what I missed out on. I don't really feel all that bad for missing out on Spring Break, but it's going to become this uh, yeah. misogynistic. Does anyone feel that scene was disturbing, or am I just... Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think it's so genius, is because he's going to show you. He's like, all right, this is what you see how it can be. Now let me go show you these badass chicks who like take mm-hmm. control of, for better or worse, of yeah. shit. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Okay. Yeah, I I told a lot of my friends because I really liked it, so I told them to watch it. But a lot of them couldn't make it past that scene. They were just yeah. like, "You're crazy! I'm not watching that." So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's got that horrible drum and bass behind it, which just was hard to get through as well. Skrillex song. I like. I play as great. So you're you're not a fan of dubstep? I am not. No, I prefer music. Excuse me, miss. Do you like the dubstep? Or will I ever find someone? Or will I die alone? I thought Skrillex was a great choice for this movie. Oh, it it fits. It fits completely. I hated it. The one thing I want to talk about, going back to what you were saying, Vern, even though the coming-of-age stuff is kind of interesting, in some ways I think it kind of ties into what I took away from the movie, but you know, a lot of the big things that I took away is a lot like what you were talking about, Vern, in terms of how Harmony Kareen exposes the spring break culture here. It kind of shows how enticing it can be, but also how dangerous it is at the same time. And I don't think he's getting into specifics as much as he is making broader statements about the ramifications of its destructiveness. At least that's how I took away. And in the end, how it can leave you disappointed and even isolated. Two of the main four girls here, they leave spring break early. And while two of them still stay in the end, it's just the two of them walking away alone. And it was kind of heartbreaking to me, specifically from the Faith character who does a lot of voice narration in here. And she's talking about how I'm having the time of my life. It's a magical place. I'm finally experiencing the world. And she even says to the other girl, she wants to move down there. But eventually she was just more hurt and disappointed. It wasn't what she expected. And we see the devastation of her being in a place that no pun intended or all pun intended that was alien to her. And that opening scene that you're talking about, Vern, I think sets it up perfectly. To me, it was never gratuitous or overly sexualized as much as Harmony Corrine was making it clear. This is the spring break culture. And this is what our culture thinks that spring break is. And I think it ties into those notions really well. And it's just even more ironic when you add in the fact that you have former Disney stars in the mix. I think it's even funnier, but I think it's kind of terrifying and really heartbreaking, really, when you see how Harmony Corrine breaks those layers down. Well, and one thing, too, J.D., do you think that Harmony Corrine uh, was using uh, the star power of uh, Hudson's, uh, Gomez, and Benson for this movie? Was that was that exploitation as well? Uh, I, I, I don't think so, because if anything, it, from the girls' point of view, maybe they were trying to break out of that Disney stigma in this film certainly I think would do that but I don't think he was exploiting them 
as much as he was trying to make a comment on this is what we think the spring break culture is. And in reality, it's probably not as fun and fluffy as you may want it to be. And we see how in reality, at least in this movie, it certainly goes into a way different path, which was very interesting to me. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I do want to hear some thoughts from Alex Withrow, who is a filmmaker in his own right, um, about any sort of like themes or any sort of messages you've got from this movie. I'm really tacking on to the coming of age bit. I don't look. So here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily watch movies like looking for the, the big message or the theme, or I don't really make movies for that purpose. And part of me thinks that Harmony Kareem just wanted to, like you said, you listen to the commentary, which is really cool because I love those things. And early on in the commentary, he said he wanted to make this movie because he missed out on all of his own spring breaks at that age. Cause he was obsessed with like skateboarding. So he, so he just wanted this to like, for him a way to like vicariously have this party. So kind part of me just thinks dude just wanted to make this movie just to like, you know, have a reason to kind of party and like see what a party really is. But I don't know, general themes and stuff. I have trouble with that. I, I like but see, is, isn't that saying. what's fun about this, though, is yeah. that I can see it very differently than you. And maybe you don't want to take away any grander message and just look at it you know, as, as a fun uh, depiction of Spring Break where I wanted to take away something from that. And I think Harmony Crane lets us do that. He, he, he doesn't necessarily gives us. Uh, a straightforward here's exactly what i'm doing but he gives us enough information that i can i can take away those themes of spring break and him kind of deconstructing that a little bit and and i had fun with that and that was what i took away most as much as i loved frank on this movie i think it also had something a little provocative at the same time exactly yeah i love that we can all see something different i mean i love that Mm -hmm. yeah now has anyone's has anyone's here seen any of the movies by harmony corinne no. Oh yeah, I've this was my all. first. This was my this first one, my but I, I want to see the rest of them based off of this. Okay, <laughs> they're nuts. Good. They're nuts. What? No, J- Mr. Lonely is a good movie. It's very no, I know. They're good. They're just crazy. They're very crazy. Gummo is sense. also <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah. good. Uh, I, and I, I think that Herman Corrin is one of these filmmakers who you may not like his movies though, but he definitely has his own style to it though. You can sure. sort of recognize a movie that yeah. he's done. Uh, even if going back to movies, yeah, he just wrote like kids. I mean, that is still, you know, a Harmony Corinne picture. Even though he did he didn't direct that one, uh, it still has you know his timestamp on there. Uh, and I'm always interested to see what new movies he has comes out. And this is for sure it's probably his biggest movie he's ever done. I mean, it's, it's definitely more bigger than Trash Humpers. Yeah. <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Jay, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to recommend any of his other work to you. I don't I don't think <laughs> no. they do it for you, man. That, that's fine. I'm not, well, not going to make an effort to watch any of yeah. yeah. I, so. I want to hear about you. Okay, did you not like anything besides that one scene where they're going to rob the restaurant? Was there nothing else you liked about this movie? I'm struggling to think of anything other than the visuals. Um, but yeah, it, it was just, it was a topic that I didn't have any interest in because I, I don't like the whole party culture. And I know that's not the whole aspect of the film, but it's just from the get go, I'm not interested in the film because of that. How can you not like Franco's look in this movie? Surely that's hilarious on its I, own. Right? You said that he kind of got lost in the character, but there, there wasn't a single point where I didn't, I didn't see it as just James Franco dressed up really? for a party. Oh man, I thought he, lo- I thought uh-huh. he was very much into it. I, I just, it. Not, I'm, I'm sorry, but at, I, don't know, I just, there's nothing at, I liked about it. At, at first, you know, when he's on stage rapping and he's first being introduced, yeah, he's almost like a character. 
And then yeah. as it goes on, he becomes like a real person. And yeah, the, exactly. the scene that, Same. you know, I thought that both him and Hutchins and Benson really clicked together was probably that moment when they're sticking their guns in his mouth. Because right at that moment, yeah. those three are connected. Because when you first see the Franco character, you're thinking, that, well, this guy is going to be using these girls, you know. He's going to basically, you know, pimp them out. That's what I thought. I thought he's going to be part of some, like, trafficking ring that, you know, sure. uh, fucking Liam Neeson yeah. will have to beat up. If he was a Taken, <laughs> he would be the key guy picking up these girls and whoring them out and put them into, uh, you know, uh, white trade slavery. Uh, but there's that moment <laughs> where those three come together and sure. they have a, you know, understanding, you know, they're like, all right. How did you spell come then when you said come together? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> wow. Whoa, but, whoa, whoa. Um, w- one aspect I did, I did like, um, I forgot to mention, is the relationship between the four girls. I yeah. thought that that was really well established. And they, they yeah. felt like they were people who had grown up as friends and maybe one of them had drifted apart a little bit, but not a great deal. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. And so I, I appreciated that they... They looked like a group of friends and act like a group of friends. So that's that's a positive I can So I So, can Jay, would you say the movie would be better if they didn't introduce Franklin's character? No, I think you need him because he sets the, the second half of the plot in motion. Okay. Um, but I think it would have been better had they killed him in that scene where he's he's well, um, d- got it- the guns in his mouth <laughs> and then see where it goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, they try and but take then there him. won't be the every time scene. And yeah, I know. With, with that. Come on. I'm fine with that. Well, and, and even <laughs> further after that is when we get even more moments of humanity with the Franco character when they go into that, that last raid or whatever. Right before that, Franco also shows other moments of fear. And again, Hudgens and the other girl, they play on that as well. Yeah. And, and, and then I think even the crystallization of the alien character also shows us just how human he is as well. I mean, he's just like anyone else. As much as he wants to be successful and almost act like he's out of this world, he really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, it, what did uh, everyone think about uh, Gucci Mane, who plays Archie, who is Alien's nemesis <laughs> in this movie? Because in this movie, okay, a little uh, backstory floats out there in podcast land. Uh, Archie and Alien used to be friends. And they did some fucking game-related shit back in the day, and then they had a falling out, and now Alien comes back into... Are they in Florida? Yeah, they're in Florida. Uh, with yeah. these uh, four white girls, and kind of throw in at Archie's face, you know, that, hey, I'm going to be doing my business here, and he's taking away all of Archie's business, and so there's a big rivalry between them. But, yes, uh, I do want to hear your thoughts on Gucci Mane, who is also one of the other characters in this, and then we'll talk about the girls last. Yes, Jay. Well, it could have. Oh, sorry, mate. I, I didn't have many thoughts on him because I didn't think there was yeah, much character me, there. I didn't know he had a name. I have no thoughts on him. Yeah. Okay. Because he's a he, he needs to have him. He needs to exist because you need to have somebody for them to go against. Sure. But he didn't have much of a character. Well, uh, really, he just gets a, yeah. a, a porn scene at the end, basically. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right, that scene's thought... hilarious. Because so really? badly acted. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then so I definitely they definitely could have had like a better actor there. I think we can probably <laughs> agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And but, actor, yes. <laughs> but he did he did make me believe that like 
I mean, I, I, I just love the scene when he has that pounds and pounds of weed like on the table and like his kids sitting on his lap or something <laughs> yeah. like yeah. he made me believe he could be that guy so i'm like all right i guess whatever got this massive house and all this yeah, exactly. around to be saying my, my kids have got nothing to eat they're starving, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> yeah. starving. <laughs> <laughs> really so <laughs> Yeah, I I I think it works just because he's not doing much and he serves the purpose of the character. But obviously he is not going to expand his acting career by any means. But I think he's serviceable just because he's doing little but being the intimidating other side of, you know, for Franco's character. And so it works for me. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny, too, that uh, he was in prison when Harvey Corrine offered him the part. (laughs) <laughs> makes sense yeah. okay there you go <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, yeah. and that leads to you know kind of our final discussion about this movie and that is uh, who is our, our favorite girl in this movie do you have a favorite now, there, girl there are, there are two possible answers to this okay there is Faith and there's the other three because <laughs> they are the same character right. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously True. Faith is your character then Jay she is the only character that I liked yes because the other three didn't have one no, I, I think the uh, um, what's her name now? Um, Harvey Corrin's wife, uh, Ra- Rachel Corrin. I, I do like a lot of her scenes in there. I, I think between all of them, I think that uh, um, I, I know that Ashley Benson and Vanessa Hudgens—they're like one character. It's hard to tell them yeah. apart. But sure. uh, the other one, um, Cody, I think is her name. Uh, the Rachel Corrin character. Uh, she and Faith are very different yeah similar like rachel is very wants to be part of the culture there and you mentioned that one scene where uh she's in the hotel room with those guys and it could have easily turned into a rape scene but she's the one that kind of you know shows that she has control there uh yeah. Yeah. and, and yeah. then we there's a scene too where uh, archie's uh i guess right hand woman or man i'm not quite sure what that person was in the front seat <laughs> of the car uh shoots at uh uh, the car and she gets damaged and she starts having you know second thoughts about being in this culture and everything and it's something that she wants to both celebrate and yet uh, she's torn she's got to go hey look I spring break is done everyone's going back to school now we're we're we gotta be finished with this so I I really thought that she had probably a nice transformation of character uh, as well as Faith did so those are my two favorite I hate you. But I get the feeling if that bullet had hit one of the other two girls, it would have been them that went home instead, and Cotty would have stayed. It, just, it was just a case of whichever bullet it happened to hit in the arm. It was kind I of... don't think so. Okay. Right. okay. I, I... Some... So you're saying, Jay, that it didn't matter who he shot there. Is one is yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't see any differentiation between those three girls before that point. They just kind of merged into one. One. I wrote them down as pink-haired girl, Vanessa Hudgens, and other girl. So, all right. Uh, Alex, any favorite uh, girls? Um, I agree that Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Benson are kind of playing the same type of thing here. But I, I was always really taken with Vanessa Hudgens' work in it. I don't know why. I she gets so like angry. And kind of vicious, yeah. and I just, I just dig it. I mean, I like Selena, what Selena Gomez does a lot too, um, but Vanessa Hudgens always did it for me. Especially, we talked about when they're reenacting, you know, the crime, the robbery in the parking lot, and they're yelling. I'm like, oh, okay. I just, I believed it. I believed what they were doing. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and JD, did we get your favorite girl? 
Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I, I like all four of them. I think they're, they're all great. For me, I think the one that stands out, and she obviously stands out for a reason, is the Faith character. And I think what's interesting is, is not just so much about her expectations and how sad it is, but I also think it's kind of interesting how in the opening of the film they show us some sequences where she is in like a youth group or her church or whatever. And there's a line that's really interesting. And I think it kind of plays in some, into some of these overall themes and notions I've been talking about already where the pastor of this youth group she's at, he says, he's going to give you a way out, which I think is really interesting in terms of how this film depicts really the destructiveness, destructiveness of spring break and how it plays into that faith character. I thought the foreshadowing of that was really cool. And it even extends further where there's a prayer sequence and he, and the pastor again is talking about temptation and avoiding temptation. Uh, and then she's talking to some other girls who say, you better pray super hardcore, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> but again, I think all of that, that plays really well into those notions I've been talking about, the culture and how the faith character specifically experiences that culture. Uh, to me, it was really fascinating and very tragic and heartbreaking at the same time. And as a guy that's about to have a kid myself, it's a little worrisome for me a little bit. So I, I thought the film just depicted all that just fantastically well. All right. Um, I do want to ask uh, our, our, our female here. Uh, Nikat, hello. Hello. Hi, okay. Uh, now, my... <laughs> Nick, what, your favorite character? Yeah. yeah, I will, I, since they are interchangeable, I'm just gonna go with both Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Benson. Uh, I like them the most. I think this film is also, we were talking about themes. I think it's also weirdly feminist movie in a way that they're showing this culture of like sex and violence and then these, Two especially, they come through it and they like, they've like completely owned it and they've become like badasses through it. Like, like the, like the final scene, like I just rewatched Kingsman, right? And they're, in that they're all wearing like these full like three piece suits, which are bulletproof to like fight crime. And these two in the end, they're just wearing like these skimpy bikinis and they're like sure. taking on a whole gang of like, I guess experienced killers. And, you know, it's just, they're, they're like, they're using their sexuality. They like the violence and they're just doing it. And I like that. that yeah. I do want to comment about that end scene there, okay? How the hell could they beat that good shots? I don't remember a training montage, but suddenly they just <laughs> fired I, guns at. I think, yeah. like, I was thinking, I was thinking about this. I think because in the beginning they talk about how they have to pretend it's a video game. I think it's the video games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I almost think. don't know if it's real life either as much as exactly. what symbolizing. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. always thought it's just like fantasy. Like it's, it's yeah. supposed to be like a video game. It's not. Yeah, exactly. I think pretty much yeah. once Faith leaves, this movie kind of becomes like a fantasy video game. It does. On absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I like, oh, yeah, that's that's just my opinion, but I've always thought that. I completely agree. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Alex, because you've mentioned that in an email. And yeah, yeah I, I I saw when at the end, spoiler warning, James Franco gets shot. I saw that at that point when he gets shot, the other two get shot as well, and what happens after that kind of plays out in their head. Yeah, as to how they wanted that to go. That's so awesome not necessarily when yeah. when um, her name's went out of my head when Selena Gomez leaves, but when Franco gets shot, they get shot too. That's how I saw the ending. They all die. They all die. Uh, <laughs> I I I think they because they're awesome. So, uh, so, wait, so I'm you, just gonna choose to believe that. 
This is blowing my fucking mind right now. So you think that this whole thing was all a dream in their head? Just the last act. Just the last act. I don't. I don't know if it's okay. I think in the reality of the movie, it's real, but I don't think this movie is meant to be taken as real yeah, life. Seriously. I don't know yeah, if that totally makes different. sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it happened just like superhero movies. I mean, in their reality, that's real, but you don't have like aliens flying around and shit in real life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think yeah. in a way, it's like a superhero movie in that regard. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think James Franco has metal teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but he looked awesome with them. <laughs> no. Um, but Nick, no. you you were talking about uh the movie having, you know, strong feminist qualities about it, though too. That's one of the been that's been one of the major uh arguments about this movie is that if it's either sexist or feminist. Um I don't know, can you like kind of like elaborate a little bit more on why you think the movie is a feminist? I, I think because they're showing this particular kind of culture and it's it is it's like a very extreme version of at least what i live in but it it's there like you have women being objectified in a certain way and i think they are just they're just using that but they are making like like as i said like these women they go in like their bikinis but they shoot everyone over there so it's just like they're accepting that and they're moving past it. So I think it's like, and they're making their own choices. I was thinking about this, like how each of the girls, when they leave, it's like, it's their choice. Mm-hmm. So no one like stops them. And same goes for that scene in the motel with uh, Rachel Curran's character. Like it's just, they're not showing, like these women still have some like power, like their choice does get, like they they do as they choose. So in that's what I think, and um, yeah. I think also that's they take control of the sexuality. Yeah, and yeah. Instead of instead of having other people control it for them, they are controlling it themselves. You know, yeah. like Franco's character, he never actually tells the girls what to wear or how to act or what to do like that. No, they actually are controlling, and in a way, they actually can control him too with their sexuality. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the part when, like, you know, like he blows their guns or whatever, like that part completely, it just twists the whole thing around. You think these girls are like at his disposal, but he's actually kind of at their disposal. So it's cool. Yeah. yeah. At the moment there, I thought for sure they could easily blow them away, which is, I'm sure, something that Jay would want to see. I'm sorry, but you <laughs> did. But Jay, aren't you happy you did get your wish at the end? Because James Franco's character does yeah. die at the end. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wasn't wishing him to die. I just think it would have been better in that scene. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, I I, I kind of like the last scene as well. How that how how that shootout plays out. I thought yeah. that was interesting and shot How's, nicely so, too. Wait, so Jay, we have two favorite scenes in this movie that you like. No, I've got one favorite scene <laughs> and another scene I didn't mind. So Jay, did you like this better or worse uh, than Southland Tales? Ooh, that's interesting. That was that was January's movie of the month. Yes. Uh, it's been it's been a bad year for movie of the month so far. With <laughs> South and Tales, The Goonies, Hard Days Night, and then the Airport the franchise. I didn't like The Goonies. Hard Days Night. I didn't like a Hard Days Night. I hate you. I didn't like South and Tales. Okay? I gave them all two Jesus. out of five. And then the Airport franchise, I loved every minute of. Uh, this, I'm afraid, sits roughly with those other three. I hate yeah, I movie. of. If I were to give it a score out of five, which we're going to get to shortly, I think I'll give it a two out of five, and sit it nicely with Southland Tales and A Hard Day's Night and The Goonies. So if you like The Goonies and A Hard Day's Night and Southland Tales, you might like this too. I just I don't, don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> hey, I put might. Put that on the poster. 
If you like cooties, you love Spring Breakers. Well, does anyone else have any thoughts or little tidbits about Spring Breakers that you want to, you know, put out to the people out there? Whoever, whoever happens to be listening to the show. My, yeah. my last final thought I want to say real fast is how weird do you think it would be if you are Harmony Corinne, you're shooting that motel scene, and your wife is not only naked in the scene, <laughs> but the character opposite of her is saying, like, all these derogatory sexual things about her at the same time. If I was Corinne, I'd be like, get that fucker out of the scene as soon as we're done shooting. <laughs> we don't want him around my wife anymore. That's really just. I mean, I've seen pictures of Harmony Corrine. He is not a good-looking dude, and he's not a good-looking wife. I mean, shit, I'm a mom. I know. I'm impressed. All right, swear go, buddy. I just felt like it, I just felt like that would have been an awkward scene to shoot. Oh, it would have been. Maybe yeah. so. Uh, oh. When when the Oscars came around after after this came out, people seemed to be kind of up in the arms that that James Franco hadn't been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was. I yes. was the actor. I wish they could do that, but they won't. They won't ever. Oh, I stand by their decision. Because <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't have voted for him. I would have voted for him. I would have. That, that was far fetched, but I mean, Benoit Deby, who shot it. I think could have been in serious contention for best cinematography, at least a nomination. And I'm dead yeah. serious because I think yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, that. brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but, yeah. But, but but I wouldn't put Franco anywhere near bothering. <laughs> but, uh, did, even considering is... if his performance is good, there's still some really great performances out there. Bear in mind you had like Django Unchained. No one got nominated to pop. Well, Christopher Waltz was nominated for supporting actor. You could have had Sam Jackson or DiCaprio above Franco easily. I'd say personally. Okay, I, I, I kind of agree with Jay for that one. If you gotta choose, you know, Franco or uh, uh, Jackson or DiCaprio over Franco, I would choose those two. But still, I still want Franco to be in there. At least a Golden Globe. Get the guy a Golden Globe. I, 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 out of the five that year, he I wouldn't have picked him to win, but I would have seriously considered nominating him. I, I This yeah. is seriously not just Same. my favorite performance. It's a good Franco performance, I think. Yeah. I think it's really good. Yeah. yeah. I, if you're talking about Oscars again, like things will they never go for, but I wish they like like expanded their horizons once in a while. This movie should have gotten something for costume designing because I think it's excellent. Sure. Um, even like including like like up to like their nail polish, like I love that. It's genius. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what I think. Yeah. Did uh did this make any of your guys's year endless? Because this was yeah. in my top yes. ten. Oh yeah. Same. It did. I think I, I yeah. definitely like you know I, I definitely put uh, Franco as like one of my favorite characters or actors of that yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It was in my performances, scenes, films, and I think villains list. And like, oh, I made like an object list for some reason, and I put the nail polish in because <laughs> I well, really love the nail polish. <laughs> well, I, I think that's gonna kind of wrap up our discussion on Spring Breakers, y'all. Spring Break, woo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Yo, bro, Jay Cluet, man. <laughs> Give him your digits, man. Give him your score, buddy. I'm going to talk, I'm gonna talk uh, like, to a douche page now. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yay. <laughs> I'm gonna, as I said, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 2 out of, out of 5. Cause well shot, uh, good relationship between the characters, but overall I wouldn't recommend it. I hate you. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Nickat. I, I'm I'm lenient anyways, and I if I love a movie, I just give it full mark. So it's five out of five. Spring Break Forever, bitches. Five out of five, okay. Um, Alex. Five out of five. Five out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And JD. 
James Franco rapping hanging with the dope boys is a five out of five already. So yes, I give this a five out of five. Holy hell. I got Scarface on repeat, y'all. On repeat. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. <laughs> now, when I first saw this, and you might if you see this movie didn't Jay, you might have a different opinion about it, though. When I first saw this, I gave it a four point five out of ten. When I first saw okay. it. Oh wow. And now when I watch it again now, it's up there. I gotta give it a four and a half. So four okay. and a half out of five. Look at my shit. Look at my shit. Wow. <laughs> uh thank you, Vern, for hosting that segment. Mm-hmm. Let's play some games. Last lamb standing. We're gonna play a couple of games of Last Lamb Standing. So, Vern. I have no idea what you're going to do, and I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so, folks, your uh, category is uh, one of Jay's other favorite directors, uh, Richard Linklater. Oh. Nope. Nope. I hate you. I did the movie, Jay's Confused. I hate you. <laughs> Sorry. Jay's <laughs> Confused, but I do not want actors that were in this movie. No. I want musicians who are on the soundtrack. Days of Confused. What? Yeah, so eight musicians that played on the soundtrack to Days of Confused. I was gonna be really cruel and have you put the song, but do you have like a list though? Like, how are you gonna know if we're if we know it or not? You know, because I'm on IMDb page right now looking at the soundtrack list. Oh, okay. So you can't play along then. No, Burn's not playing. Oh, okay, okay. Burn, just so you know, you don't get to host this game anymore. This is a sole opportunity. And you this is so it. specific. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie I told forever. you I was going to do something yeah, different. I, I, yeah, no memory. I have like three. <sighs> I, have, oh, I don't. Man. Oh, God. So you want artists. The sound, come on. Days of Confused okay. soundtrack. It's a big part of okay. the movie's a soundtrack. Well, let's just get this over with, uh, shall we? Fair point. Get this over with. order of going in. Uh, we go, oh. uh, J, Alex, JD, Nickat. Oh okay. God. This his, is terrible. Is it the thing. song or the artist? Would you say song? The, the artist. Okay. 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 I have well, seen this it. film once. Same. <laughs> and like years ago, and I, I oh, I'm just gonna right. guess like, uh, this is like I guess all of my musical yeah. knowledge in this. I, I don't know any. <laughs> oh, I cannot no. remember a song being in this film. Same. So I, I just remember I... Matthew McConaughey saying that idiotic phrase. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, I can't even I can't oh, remember what decade it's set in. Oh, That's the 70s, <laughs> come on. Okay, The Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. <laughs> I don't think so, man. The Beatles. <laughs> Those rights would have been too Just keep smattering them off. <laughs> Elvis Presley. <laughs> I think we could get three tabs per try. Beethoven. <laughs> that was Most 1870s, all right? No, no all the Rolling yeah. Stones or the Beatles. Um, wait, we're doing we're doing artists, not songs. Yeah, yeah artists. Okay. Yeah, you may as well just start counting me down because I, I the, the Eagles. <laughs> three, two, <laughs> one. Okay, Jay's out. I am two, out. One. I'm glad to be out. I hate you, Vince. Eliminated. <laughs> is it my turn? Yes, yeah. it is. Bob Dylan. Uh, yes, I believe you're right. I'm just gonna, I'm the gonna hurricane. Right yes, you are, yep. I remember the hurricane shot, yep. yeah. Alright, way to go. JD. Thank you. I have no idea. I'm just gonna throw one out there. Uh, Aerosmith. Yes. 
Oh, really close it, I think, oh my right? god! That, that, <laughs> was, that was the opening of the movie, Sweet Emotion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You should hear in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fun. All right. Uh, Nickad. Bee Gees. Ooh. Ooh, that's <laughs> cool here. Let me just double check here. What other bands are there called? Don't have any Bee Gees. No. I'm, I'm looking at the soundtrack now, and I love lots of these songs. So I'm annoyed. I don't remember being in, 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 the, in the film. This is my wheelhouse of music. Do I like have to keep guessing until yeah, I get well, out? Yeah. Or yeah. What? I, I, I'm sure turn you down soon if you. Uh, uh, Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. It's there. Surely Grateful Dead's got to be there. see them. What? Ooh. This All whole right. thing's got to be redone, then. It should be redone. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, Mr. Turn you down to cats. What? Okay, Five, ABBA? Four. <laughs> I can't think. I'm just... Three. Uh, queen? Uh... I think it would be. I don't know. Two. One. Oh, man. I don't know. Eliminated. All right. I don't know. Back Over. to you, Alex. Uh, Alice Cooper. Yes. School's out. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, surely there's got to be some Led Zeppelin in there, maybe? Actually, I don't think there is, even yeah. though that's like the, the title. Yeah, that makes sense. What? But no, there's none in there. Nope, nope, I, yeah, nope. I don't think exactly. I, the, this whole thing—it's has... like a big yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they have it nope. in there. No, no, there's oh, no. I have no idea then. Um, guest bands. It's fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Black Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. What? Yep. That's happens in here. <laughs> yep. Paranoid. I, I'm. I. That's probably all the guesses I have. Alright, Alex. Oh, um, uh, who sings Why Can't We Be Friends? War. Yeah, War. very good. Yep. I, I have no idea. I really have no idea. This is not my wheelhouse as far as music goes. Alright. Uh, so, cut it down there, buddy. Five. Uh, four. Three. John two, Williams. One. <laughs> Eliminated. And uh, Alex, you are a winner. All right. For a game that I think turned out very well, despite his hatred of it. Five correct hey, guesses in total. How many? How many yeah. songs were on that soundtrack? Just I'm curious. Oh, There's God. four scene lists in Wikipedia. Fourteen. Yeah. yeah. F- Fog Hat is on it. ZZ Top. Nazareth, Ted oh, Nugent, The Runaways, yep. Leonard Skinner, Deep Purple, Kiss. Yeah. Oh, Anything that's on like a power, a power ballad song. Oh, album. Damn. I should have thought of Kiss. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that, but oh. <laughs> 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 I'm going to do a game that will be slightly easier for a while, I think. Um, I would like people to name cast members from This Is The End. Oh. Oh, the order is going to be the opposite of last time. So Nick at JD, Alex, Vern. Nick at, take it away. Any actor. Who, there we go. <laughs> any actor who appeared in. Wait, this what, what was the, the first end. one? James Franco. James Franco. 
Okay. The low-hanging fruit. So, uh, JD. Uh, Jonah Hill. Correct. Alex. Emma Watson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Burn. Uh, Michael Cera. Correct. <laughs> His he best was so funny. <laughs> <He was> so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Nick out. Uh, uh, Seth Rogen. Correct. JD. Danny McBride. Oh, Correct. <laughs> if you replace James Franco with him in Spring Breakers, I would hate it even. That one sequel to him in it now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Make him the um the the villain character. The guy Isn't the that going yeah. to be a sequel or like a spiritual sequel or some shit like that? So this is the end. No, to uh, Spring Breakers, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything. I think Robert Pattinson or someone is in it. I don't know. God, <laughs> oh, that, sounds, that sounds rough. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yes. Uh, Channing Tatum. Correct. <laughs> Burn. You know, I see. I I. T- I don't remember much of this movie. Uh, Just every actor in Hollywood is in this movie, so... Yeah. Think comic actors working today. <laughs> They're all there. Steve Carell? No. Oh. oh uh, uh, okay, uh, I only person I think of right now, uh, Rihanna. Correct. Yeah? Yeah. Thinking of oh, it's the actor box, but yeah. Nick uh, 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 Paul Rudd. Correct. As Paul Rudd. JD. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite stand-ups working today gets his hand chopped off as he's in sorry. Correct. Um, Craig Robinson? Yes. Say that? All right, cool. Uh, Shit. Uh, crap, we just heard my name. Shit. Uh, I think I'm honestly going to be the one out of here because I can't honestly think of anyone right now. Oh. I hate you, Jay. Uh, Five. Four. Three. Two, one. Bah. Eliminated. It's called karma. Nickass. <laughs> karma. Uh, Jason Seagull. Correct. Yeah, yeah. JD. Uh, has anyone said Jay Bearshaw yet? Not yet. <laughs> I'll show them. He's the star of the film. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, shit. Alex. Did anyone say Mindy Kaling? Not yet. All right. Correct. Uh, Kevin Hart. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. JD. Oh, man. We're kind of getting down there. Yeah. Oh, I had, oh, I had oh, 26. Oh, high profile name. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Christopher Mince Place. Is that how you say his name? Nobody knows, but that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex. Oh, man. Um... This is where it starts to get tricky. Yeah. I think I'm out. <laughs> is there anyone left? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I'm tapped out. Right, five, four, three, two, one. Eliminated. Nick, did you have any more? Uh, the Backstreet Boys? I'm sorry, I would need a name of an... Of oh, okay. Oh. AJ and Nick. Oh, man, live. <laughs> Adrian, it's one of them. I don't, I don't remember what his full name is, Adrian. Oh, do I accept that? Because he does have a surname. I didn't okay, know. Nick Carter, forget it, Nick Carter. <laughs> Correct. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Who's the guy that has the vanity chain? On that note, I worked with his dad at Home Depot, so I, I feel like I know him in some ways, but Brian Latrell. Correct. 
Nick Adams. Oh god, I got love with my nerves. Oh. I don't know. That's the only Backstreet Boy I know. <laughs> can I, I, please can we like skip the surnames because I don't remember their first names. Oh, uh, go on then. Okay, Howie. Correct. Howie Dora. Dora. I wouldn't Dora. I don't know how you say that. JD. Oh man. Well. I think I might be out. I don't know if I remember anyone else. Five. Four. Oh, damn. Three. Backstreet Boys. Two. I don't know. I'm done. One. Eliminated. JD is out. Nick, you have one. Yay. Did you have it? Can you name any other Backstreet Boys? You already mentioned AJ, but I... Oh, and yeah. Right? And Kevin Scott Richardson. Oh, God, Kevin. Okay. It's, it's AJ, AJ McLean is his one name. Okay. Uh, you also had Brandon Trost and Jason Trost appeared in there. I'm not sure who they are, but apparently they, they are mm-hmm. famous. Uh, Martin Starr, David Krumholtz, and Evan Goldberg. Oh. Uh, up here and there. That was the guy from, what's his that show, Numbers, but I don't know what his name is. David Krumholtz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That will do it for today's show. Uh, congratulations to Alex and Nick out for winning the games. As always, yeah. we here the Lambcast love new blood. If you're a lamb and would like to join us, information about upcoming shows can be found in a thread over at the Lamb forums. The Lambcast and the Lamb course we found and liked on Facebook as well as Twitter at Lambcast. Be sure to join us next week for a show dedicated to the worst movies ever made. So that should be fun. Oh, also, man. head over to the Lamb to check out what others had to say about Spring Breakers and to vote for the next movie of the month, whatever that may be. As for today's show, I'd like to thank, in no special order, JD Duran from Session Film. Thanks for having me, man. Alex Withrow from Answer Begins. Thanks a lot. It was fun. Nick Atzara from Being Norma Jean. Yeah, this was lots of fun. Thanks, guys. And the Vern from the Vern's Video Vortex. Four little podcasts come out to play. (laughs) And four little podcasters. It's here. I will stay. I will stay. Spring break. Spring break. Spring break. Spring break forever. Alright, well that was episode number 269 of the Lambcast podcast, talking about the flick Spring Breakers, and I hope you realized that episode was recorded many years ago, and that was back when I was still part of the As You Watch podcast, which of course you know is no longer in existence, but I will plan on posting older episodes from that great podcast as well on here mainly because I may run out of content and whatnot. Uh, But thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow Cinema Recall Podcast on all your favorite social media apps. We are on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook and Instagram, just type in Cinema Recall Podcast. We do have an email, but people don't use emails much anymore. But I'll tell you anyways, it is cinemarecall at gmail.com. And of course, you can find our great show on various podcast apps such as Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're available on um, Spotify. And most of the places you can find podcasts on, we're there. Come check us out. Enjoy us. And I'm going to say for next week, we actually have on other great guests that will be coming up throughout March and April. So very excited. Going to try to release at least two episodes a week 
or at least one episode a week. So you're going to get either one episode or two episodes a week. All right. So enjoy your week and I'll be back next week. All right. Take care. Bye.